Hey guys, welcome back to the Quarantine Files on this gloomy Easter weekend. Hope y'all are doing well. It's um, Easter Sunday, not just Easter weekend. Well, you know, it's usually extended to the entire weekend. Sure enough. But yes, it is Easter Sunday, and we're expecting some major storms in Georgia. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't. I, I, I kind of stopped turning on my TV after about Wednesday this week just because I was... Oh, I was getting down, but... Yeah, the news is super gloomy. Yeah, imagine that. (laughs) (laughs) In the middle of a pandemic, they're not exactly twisting it to a positive, huh? Yeah, that's true. Um, One of the things I did find funny that you have written here is that Stephanie Grisham stepped down as press secretary after not holding a single press conference. This has been the best press secretary job ever. Right? Get paid, don't even have to go into work. Yeah, um, apparently she once was Melania Trump's chief of staff and is now returning to that role, which just confirms what we were what we've said before that you know Trump is his own press secretary. Yeah, he doesn't need one. Um, I don't. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's like I just kind of just shrugging. Like it's 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 just a weird. Like that's probably it only ever happened once in history, right? Like, that a, a press secretary never held a press conference? Yeah, I mean, as far as I know, this is the only time that a I mean, press at, secretary... in the very least, in the modern times, yeah. right? Like... Yeah, easily in the modern times. I've never heard of a president having a press secretary that's never held a press conference. Yeah, it's just, I mean... I'm not even really throwing shade at Trump for that. Like, it's, it's nothing new. It's just weird. Yeah, and you can't um, even say that it was like... Oh well, he's just he has, she hasn't held one because it's been the coronavirus and Trump's one that been hand hands on. No, she's been press secretary for almost a full year now, and she yeah, hasn't. She, I mean, yeah, you're right. It's just ah, it's just weird. Um, so the Wisconsin primary uh, happened last week. I think it was on it was Tuesday. Yeah. Um, which why it was even held, I'm not sure. To be totally honest, um, and why it was held in the state that it was held. Is even more baffling. Mm-hmm. Um, Why is it baffling to you? Because so, from these are just some news reports that I saw. Apparently, out of the entire state, they only had five polling locations open at all, which is insane. That's a really big state. <laughs> yeah, massive. Uh, with a lot state. of people. Um, with only five total polling locations, I don't even know who won. To be totally honest with you, I'm assuming Biden. But I mean, does um, it really matter at this point since? Bernie's dropped out. Uh, we'll get to that, but um, I, I, I don't understand why. Um, if you're gonna continue with this primary, why you didn't make preparations for this to be a mail-in ballot year? Yeah. Like, why was why were you not anticipating that this needs to be um, a no-contact voting situation? Mm-hmm. Or at the very least, why did you not open more polls so that you wouldn't have so many people congregated together in one spot? Yeah. And even if you didn't do mail-in, I think there's a way where you could probably pretty quickly put together a secure government website where you could log on and vote from the comfort of your own home. Yeah, I mean, that's... I I mean, I feel like people have been calling for that for a while now. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, the... The conspiracy theory behind it is that, you know, Republicans use these methods and tactics for voter suppression. 
Um, which why couldn't they I, keep control of the House? <laughs> They're suppressing voters. Do what? I? I said why couldn't they keep control of the House of Republic or House of Representatives if they were suppressing voters? I mean, I I don't know. It's I, I'm just telling you the conspiracy theory behind that's that's always touted when stuff yeah. like this happens. I is, will, is that? Yeah, I will give you a case for gerrymandering though, but that goes both ways. So, you know. Yeah. Well. Uh, but yeah, no, the Wisconsin primary, it's, I don't think any state should be holding a primary at this current hour unless you're going to do full mail-in or have an online system that they could do from home. Just, yeah. and even if you do do six feet apart and everybody has to wear a mask, I mean, unless you have somebody going into the booth and wiping it down every single time somebody votes. And, yeah. And you're still going to be, I don't know, it just, it it doesn't seem necessary, especially with... It just... It seems weird that, you know, we can open everything back up in, you know, potentially two months. Like, why not just wait and hold the primary then? Yeah. Well... Like, what is, what, what is, what, what is the need to have this primary right here, right now? Well, I guess it's to give the candidates the ability to build a national campaign um, instead I mean, of just building the local voters but I, in my mind at that point you've already gotten your politics out enough to the nation well, to that's where, what i was about to say is that like if you if your policy isn't enough for a national campaign then i mean i, I don't know it's just like people got people are going to know who you are by by the time november rolls around yeah like it's you're not going to be a secret yeah agreed Agreed. Um, well, we'll see how that goes. Hopefully Wisconsin doesn't see a, a surge of coronavirus cases because a couple million people decide to show up to five places to go vote. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Or worst case, you know, people just didn't show up to vote at all and then you have a skewed election. And Exactly. Um, so with that, do you want to get into the Bernie dropping out and then we can hit Governor Cuomo and his uh, coronavirus stuff? Yeah. We, are we just so people know, we did know about this on Wednesday. It's just, it was too fresh for me. I couldn't, I wouldn't have been able to talk about it with a, uh, with a level head. Um, yeah. I have a lot of thoughts on it. Yeah. Uh, I, there are people that wanted him to stay in and I understand why and... I still haven't fully decided whether or not this is the right move or not. Um, but so what? we should clarify that he actually hasn't dropped out. He suspended his campaign. And the reason that that's a significant uh, differentiation to make is that he can continue to stay on the ballot and collect delegates um, for the campaign. Yeah. And the reason that's important is because if he continues to, to collect delegates... I'm not saying this is going to happen, but potentially he could end the race with more delegates than Biden, um, which would then, you know, cause a resurgence. And at the DNC, he would be able to, you know, pop up and say, look, I actually am the candidate. Yeah. Um, but that seems unlikely. The other surface that it, or, uh, the other purpose it serves is that he can continue to make the statement that he's been making for years now and mm -hmm. continue to pull the the policy to the left as he has done his entire 
or over the course of both of his campaigns. Because, I mean, if you look back in 2016, Hillary's platform and uh, Joe's platform are, or if you compare the two, Joe's platform is much more left than Hillary's was, and it's because he's trying to pull the other voters. Yeah, I mean, to say Bernie had an effect on Biden's campaign in just the Democratic Party overall is an understatement. You could definitely oh, tell yeah. from the beginning of the primary, the Democratic primary, that a lot of the candidates started out way to the left and then kind of tried to find an equilibrium once they yeah, realized I mean, that, yes, a lot of voters were leaning that way, but not as many voters wanted it to be that extreme, you know? Uh, I don't know that I fully agree with that because if that was the case, then Elizabeth Warren would have had the camp would have had the nomination. Well, because I mean, she is the prime example of being um, extremely left, but not that fast. Like she, that is that is was her entire campaign strategy. Her strategy was Medicare for all. It was uh, uh, school or student death uh, debt. Uh, what's the word relief and um, making college affordable that was her whole plan it's just that her plan to get uh, uh to be put in place she would have had to flip the senate and she would have had to win both terms yeah that was the difference between her and bernie's uh campaign so i i think to say that people don't want the want it to go that fast i just don't think is 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 accurate because if if that was the truth it would have been warren would have had to had this thing slammed up See, you say that, and I'm not a big believer in patriarchy over matriarchy, but I think it's more of a case of Bernie was there first, so he was the one everybody was talking about, not Warren. If Warren had been like that in 2016 instead of Hillary, then yes, I think she would have had a greater shot this uh, primary. But since it was Bernie who made the waves last time, Bernie who already had the feel the burn fan base... Uh, yeah. supporter group then it was Warren was already on the back foot regardless of what her policies were because she yeah. was so close to Bernie and that's fair you know it, it definitely may be a time and place thing where it's um, the way that she her platform came to be it may have been just a little bit too much like oh I'm Bernie but lady yeah and slower and so, like, that's kind of, maybe is kind of how it came across, and so I can see that. Yeah, if, um, I think if Elizabeth Warren had run in 2016 against Hillary instead of Bernie, maybe you would have seen uh, a Warren versus Trump election, and then we'll see what's going on. But, you know, you can't change history. Um, yeah. So. I mean, but, yeah, it's, I mean, it's in the books now. We'll just see what happens. I'm, I'm genuinely intrigued to see how the delegates shake out. I don't think the, uh, that Bernie will manage to, it would, well, I hope he does, but it would be one hell of a feat for Bernie to no longer be pushing money towards his campaign, um, which, by the way, he did the, the, the right thing that I, people on, uh, in, I say on, in the Republican Party, on the right, I should say, um, are like, oh, Bernie just took your money and ran because now what he's doing is he's paying his um, uh, campaign uh, officials. He, he's going to continue to pay their salary until the end of, I believe, November. Yeah. Um, that's why he's suspending his campaign now because if he keeps campaigning, he won't have the money to do that come November um, or I, probably sooner than that. 
Yeah. Excuse me. So that's why he's suspending the campaign, so he could. And I just see, I see people being like, "Oh, he took your money and ran." I'm like, no, he did the thing that he's like preached about. He's taking care of his workers. Yeah, no, like it's. I I agree there, um, especially during this coronavirus times. It's nice to see, right? You know, people stepping up, people in power stepping up and taking care of those uh, yeah. beholden to them. Um, so that's good to see. I thought he was when he originally said he was suspending his campaign. I thought he was going to pull a. John McCain during the 2008 election where he suspended his campaign to go deal with the financial crisis. Um, But I really haven't seen much coming from Sanders in the way of passing more stimulus or more um, nationalized health. Yeah, I mean, you you could say that about anybody at this point, though. Like, it it kind of feels like we haven't seen any kind of stimulus – extra stimulus coming right like i haven't yeah. seen anything at least yeah well um, the stimulus checks are supposed to go out this week um for well those yeah who but filed i guess what the I mean 2019 like, and 2018 tax seen, return yeah yeah uh, i guess what i'm saying is like i haven't seen anyone on the left right middle um saying hey this really isn't going to be enough even though we all kind of know it's not yeah um i agree with you there like it's and so i mean i i don't I mean, I, I defend the guy because I agree with you. Is what I guess I'm trying to say. Like, it is odd that like during this time, um, you would think that that would be he, what he would be doing. Yeah. But on the other, on the flip side of that, he dropped out on Wednesday or on yeah. Tuesday. And that's true. So Maybe like, he's putting together a coalition this week where he's going to come out right, next week and be like, you know, that was a good start. Here's more. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of like. In my mind, this is what's happening. Like, it's, he dropped out on Tuesday or Wednesday. I really don't remember which day it was. But uh, he he dropped out earlier this week. Give give the man the week. Give yeah. the man Easter. Like, you know what I mean? Give him through Easter, and then you know, hopefully, we'll see tomorrow him come back out and say like, okay, this is what needs to happen. Yeah. Um, that would be great. Um, but so just I guess moving forward, I'm just gonna go ahead and pose the question: Do you think Joe can beat Trump? No, I don't think he will. I, I mean, the memes Even, are already roasting him, where he's like, he's like, get in, loser, we're heading to, um, uh, like, just the fact that everybody thinks that he's, not that he's unintelligent, but that he's just... Incoherent? Not Yeah, incoherent, maybe suffering from a bit of dementia, or Alzheimer's, or just old age, because... Yeah. He doesn't look like a young man. I mean, no. his bones are made of glass, his skin of paper. Yeah, I, I mean, I honestly don't know. Is is the, uh, I mean, I think what what it may hinge on, unfortunately, is uh, the simple fact of can he get the people that were supporting Bernie? So here's here's what's gonna happen. He's Bernie's not gonna endorse Biden until he is officially the nominee, right? Like that's we can just say that's a given. Um, but what. I'm curious to see is that if Biden does officially become the nominee, you're going to see uh, Bernie endorse him. But is AOC and the rest of the squad? I, I sincerely doubt AOC endorses Biden just for the sheer fact of she wants to be the rebel. She wants to say... Well, I don't think that's the only reason. I think it's also because Joe Biden's a piece of shit. But it's, Well, I, I mean, mean, whether he's a piece of shit or not is irrelevant. I think what do you AOC, mean it's he's going to be the president of the United States? Well, it's I like mean, the, it's in, literally like the biggest deal in terms of AOC's support for him. 
Maybe. Is, is, is what do you mean it's irrelevant? What I'm so, talking about. What, what I really think that it's we're like see. she would she would go against the Democratic Party to be known as a rebel to help herself rather than support Joe Biden to be a team player is what I mean. Yeah, but I mean we people have said it before. If AOC and Biden were politicians in other in like European countries, they wouldn't even be in the same party. Yeah, like. It's they're not even close. So I, I mean, I guess I just I have a problem with saying she's not being a team player when like I, I mean, are they even on the same team? Exactly. Like, well, they're on the same team of that they're Democrats, and that's I mean that can go into a wider issue of. I mean, yeah, but Bernie was a quote unquote Democrat, like, will, but he's not a Democrat. He's an independent. Well, that's what I'm saying. It goes into the wider issue of political parties and how, the First way the, the post and all that shit. Yeah, I mean, you you have to have a coalition. In order to reach everybody in the United States, because the difference between the United States and Europe is that United States is just so much more expansive. It's vast. You know, Europe, the entire continent of Europe is, I mean, if you exclude Russia and Turkey, it's, you know, essentially the size of, you know, everything east of the Rockies or everything east of the uh, Appalachian Mountains. Um, I mean, yeah, um, it's just, I, my, my honest answer is that I think that what you're going to see is you're going to see all of the people that were like backing Bernie and they were backing all these, uh, or, or the progressive, the truly progressive, not quote unquote left, um, side what you're going to see is they're going to, you're, you're going to see them say, I'm voting against Donald Trump. Yeah. They're never, they'll never say, oh, I'm voting for Biden. They'll, they'll always say. I'm voting against Donald Trump because I hate him. Yeah, and that's and, not a good way to pick a president, especially one that you don't think is up for the job. I'd rather see I, them stick to their I mean, convictions and write in a vote than just vote for a candidate because you don't want to see the other candidate. I'm on the fence about that because... Because if you truly stick to your convictions and you believe that you have enough votes, like the people will win, but and you but write the thing in, you, you don't. We don't. It's it's a split party in uh, uh, in the Democrats because, like, well, I mean, if people, if all the Democrats that were going to vote for Bernie write him in, Joe Biden will lose, and so will Bernie. Yeah. The only way I see Bernie or Joe Biden winning outright is if he takes Bernie as his vice president. Which would worry me yeah, in a succession case because <laughs> that will never happen. <laughs> no, he's already no, he can't because Biden's already uh, play. He did the dumbass thing on. Oh yeah, he pledges on, on the town hall. He was like, "I pledge it will be a woman." And I'm just all right. Come on, man. Like it's that's the most pandering ass shit. And I'd like, say he could do AOC, but AOC's not old enough to be vice president. And I don't think AOC would do it. I think he's going to uh, pick Kamala Harris or if it's Elizabeth Warren, I'm going to shoot myself in the fucking head. Um, I could definitely see him picking Elizabeth Warren to secure the Bernie vote. I don't know if he would secure the Bernie vote with Elizabeth Warren. A lot of Bernie supporters really don't like Elizabeth Warren. I would have chose. I she was my second choice. Yeah. I mean, I'll say that much. But um, I, I I don't know. It's this. It looks like I'm just watching 2016 on a repeat. Like it's. I mean, that's essentially that, what it is. It, I mean, Trump even put out a tweet when Bernie said he was suspending his campaign. I saw. Yeah. Saying, you know, thanks Elizabeth Warren, Democratic Party, for, you know, splitting the vote. Now I'm going to mop up Sleepy What's, Joe. The most infuriating part of that is I know exactly what he's doing. 
he's pandering to me. Yeah. Like, it's that is what I think happened. If Elizabeth Warren had uh, backed Bernie, he would have had some momentum to beat Biden. Mm-hmm. She didn't, for whatever reason, I don't know. Um, and now, we're like I said, watching 2016 on repeat, where even though this should just be a slam dunk yeah. uh, uh, presidential race, like, if you could put up any candidate, like, actually, truth be told, I think that with, we didn't know this, you know, three months ago, Yeah. but if you had put up literally anyone else on that stage other than Biden, yeah. Hell, it could. It might. You might could have done it with Clinton. No, I don't think um, Clinton. Clinton spoiled herself in the last election. People were tired of seeing her run. This would have been like her third time run for president. Uh, that, but but either if, way. But point being, if you had put Buttigieg, if you had put Warren, if you had put Bernie, if you had put uh, uh, who's the who's the other woman? Why am I space? Klobuchar. Klobuchar. Um, or Tulsi Gabbard. No, Tulsi Gabbard, bro. She. <laughs> come on. I mean, she's out there, but I mean, dude, Tulsi Gabbard is one of the. If you put Marianne Williamson, you probably would have won it. The mm, orb mother. Yeah. <laughs> actually, no, that's a stretch. I'm not, I don't <laughs> actually mean that. Um, I don't actually mean that. I don't want to say something I can't take back. Yeah. Um, but switch- no, but like any of the other like four or five finalists outside of Biden, if you would put them on the stage. I would at least be like, okay. Like, I think I don't Klobuchar like any of your policy, but you're like competent. If Biden was smart, what he would have done is dropped out and given his support to Klobuchar, and that way they can secure the moderates and rally around having a female president, woman empowerment, um, progressivism, you know, and then you can you, you can just build off there. Whereas now you I mean, just. Yeah, that- you're outlining yeah, the people right, that want, you know, diversity and whatnot. Now you're like, oh, well, the Democratic Party is now coming down to two ancient white dudes. You know, how how is this really a change? Now, granted, their political uh, politi- their policies, excuse me, are on complete opposite spectrums. But yeah. I think you, you could still could have gotten that that Biden group, a little bit of the Warren group. And then you still could have set yourself up nicely to have somebody who is yeah. a forward-thinking person to go against Trump. Someone who, like Klobuchar, which I disagree with her foreign policy, but you know she is a vet. She's not going to let Donald Trump bully her on the stage. She's going to be like, shut yeah. your trap. I'm here to talk about policies. I mean, I, I mean, I think we saw that with the clash of Buttigieg and um, Klobuchar on the debate stage. Yeah. Um, I mean— I, I to to just say it outright. I agree with you that if Biden had dropped out and then backed Klobuchar, she probably could have made a realistic push. Yeah. Um. I think the problem with her is that her her stage presence, like you can tell when she's shook, and she's she does a really good job of keeping herself under control. But you can tell when she's shook. Yeah. Um, like it, like I'm I'm thinking about that time where like the interviewer was talking about the thing with Mexico. Yeah. Uh, and you could tell that that got her like that she knew she screwed up in that moment, but she recovered it well enough mm-hmm. that I was like, all right. I mean, that was a good enough response. To, like, how do you respond to like I forgot the guy's name? Yeah. Like, I mean, what's the politically correct answer for that? And I think she gave as close as she could. Yeah. What I what I also liked from her was that you know you saw you saw Buttigieg try to dig in on that, and she just kind of looked at him. She was like, Are you trying to call me stupid? Like, just say what you're trying to say. Yeah, which like, it's, brought massive respect for Klobuchar, at least in my eyes. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I still hated everything about her policy, but it's 
uh, but that's you know, point is that I think you're right. Had that happened, had you know that alternate timeline gone down, that would have been good, better than when the Walmart. Yeah, one, but I think in personally, I think Klobuchar and Booty Judge were four years, eight years for sure, four years possibly too early in running. Um, I think you're right about. I think Pete. Klobuchar was four years too early, and I think Pete was eight years too early. I think you've got it backwards, to be honest with you. Really? I mean, well, part of the reason that, uh, that Pete got so much attention was because he was the youngest. Yeah. Like he was, like he was, his early platform was, I am a millennial. Yeah. I am running to get these old people out of office and get somebody that is closer to the young people and, and get someone like that into office. And, um, I, I, it got him a lot of support. So I think if he, I don't even think he has to wait necessarily um, assuming, you know, if Biden ends up losing, he could run in, uh, in uh, 2024. Oh, yeah. And I think he'll be a major candidate. Like, it's... I, I think him... I definitely think in 2024 in the Democratic Party, uh, the only problem is, is that in what really will rifle some of the progressives in the, uh, in the Democratic Party is that or not even the progressive and democratic party, just what I think can honestly be called the progressive party. I don't think it's part of the democratic party anymore. I think there's Democrats, there's progressives, and then you got your Republicans, and then you got your ultra conservatives. Well, there's been a uh, a push, as I, I've seen at least in channels that I run in, uh, for the because you're absolutely right that there is that split. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen a lot of support for the progressives within the Democratic Party to move to the Green Party. And that the fact that they're only in the Democratic Party, because if they did that, the Republicans would be able to consolidate and still say, like... Because, I mean, those ultra-conservatives, they're not going to move elsewhere. No, they're not. Like, they're, they're just going to be... They're just going to uh, vote red. Yeah. That's it. Like, it's, that's just what they're going to do. Well, and so know, in the 60s, did, people thought the Democrats were always going to... Those same people who are now voting red were voting blue in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. So. Well, yes, but I think that's kind of two different situations. It is. I, I, to get back to your main point, um, if the progressives joined the Green Party, it would add a bit of variety. But I think it would split a voter base while the Republicans use the chance to consolidate maybe under a Paul Ryan or a Ben Shapiro or... You think Shapiro can make a presidential run? Oh, I think so. I think he could at least get on the debate stage and... And shout at people some more? I mean, yeah. He could <laughs> shout at people some more, but I think he could at least give it a... He has enough of a fan base on... I mean, his podcast alone is one of the most watched podcasts in the country. It is. It is. And so, you know, he would be a fool. And he said it himself. He would consider a 2024 run. Um, I mean, of course he would. Yeah. I mean, you'd be foolish not to. And so... We are kind of living in an age where it it does... I I didn't mean to sound, like, exasperated when I I asked if you thought Shapiro could make a run. Yeah. Because it's not... Because we are living in a time where, honestly, if Kanye... Uh, I don't even want to hear about Kanye. I'm just telling you that if Kanye actually uh, actually like followed through and said he was going to be a 2024 candidate, I I wouldn't be surprised. I would have massive fear for the future of the United States. Well, I mean, I already do. So, (laughs) I mean, I don't. And I recommend you read. uh, 
Disunited Nations because it has a really good. The last couple chapters is on the United States's role going forward in the grander um, world interactions with you know and foreign policy and just domestic politics. Which you know, to be fair, Peter Zahn doesn't really focus on too much, but. He just he looks at the demographics of the United States and kind of where things are pulling in. Both him and another guy, George Freeman, are just kind of saying we're at this intersection where it looks like due to the demographics and just the overall situation in the United States, you're having a political and social change all kind of happening at the same time. And the last real time, at least George Freeman says this, that the two things happen where you had a political change shift in the – society and a social shift in society was during the civil war not that he's saying that it's going to get that bad where it's going to come to blows but there's going to be a massive upheaval oh, in the yeah. political I mean, system we're, we're already kind of seeing it with bernie like we're seeing not not saying that bernie is is the whatever um i just i mean that we're seeing that <coughs> spark we're seeing those sparks come through right where it's like we're already seeing those uh, that stuff rub up against each other because i feel like we've to a certain extent, we've hit that social revolution. Yeah. Um, because I think people, I mean, you know, uh, think about being a transvestite, you know, 10 years ago in this country. Like, it would be, like, you would be ridiculed, mocked, and even killed. Like, it's, I mean. Yeah. It would be terrible. And now, like, if people are just kind of like, all right, if you're trans, like, whatever. Like. Yeah, I mean. It's a your lot life, of, man. Yeah, like, a lot of people have gotten better uh, in that aspect. And I think that's just in a lot of the Western nations. Um, we'll, I mean, we'll see. I, I, there's no way we don't continue to progress socially in that aspect to where more people's rights, um, in, in my point of view, you have, if you're an American citizen, you have all the rights every American citizen has because um, it's guaranteed by the Constitution. But I understand there would be more sensible enforcement of hate laws i guess um hopefully not speech laws but that's another it's another conversation for a different time um yeah um so i i guess to talk about this time um another 6.6 million people over the past week filed for unemployment yeah uh this is the highest since 09 and that's terrifying yeah because it happened in like three months yeah, no, I agree, and I mean, that's the hard part about plague, and that's why I agree that it's so shocking to me that you don't see any other politicians coming out and saying, all right, one stimulus bill was passed, now what's next? Um, and maybe yeah, it mean, is that they are looking towards more employers to keep saying, hey, we're giving you all this access to capital, hire your employees, and give them two three four weeks of paid yeah, leave and so what we're what you're referencing here is that my company has decided to the company i work for when i say not my company personally mm -hmm. um has decided to give out 500 dollars to any employees that are not working from home like so if they're on the front lines of the coronavirus um they are you know they're getting this bonus 500 dollars. it's essentially just a, a thank you yeah which is a very nice gesture for my company we don't have to do it um but we're fortunate enough that we are relatively recession-proof. Um, I don't want to give too much detail, but we are relatively recession-proof in our in our industry. So it's our company's pretty much fine. And, yeah, you know, I'm very fortunate. 
Um, but I mean, my issue with with that take, not necessarily that it, it's not. I don't think that it's your take that that's how this should go down. But with the idea of oh, companies, we're giving you money, keep your employees, is stupid because yeah. there are plenty of companies that are either a or were a already failing, so they're just going to keep that money, mm-hmm. um, or b uh, are inherently just evil. Yeah. Or maybe maybe evil isn't the right word, or just so economically focused that they're going to say, oh, well, we're going to bounce back from this once everything levels out, so we're just going to keep this cash and lay everybody off yeah. so we can trim the fat. Which was um, part of the problem during the 08-09 recession is that when they gave it all the Which is why it's so mind-boggling to me that, uh, that people were so upset that Democrats were – or people on the left. I don't know if it was Democrats or not, but – People on the left were trying to stop the stimulus bill from going through without any protections for workers because this is, I mean, this is the point I've been making, or I think, I don't ever know, I don't know if I've ever actually asked if you agree with this or not, but it's like, I didn't want corporate bailout. Don't give money to them. Take all that $500 million that you just gave, uh, you gave out, or 500 billion, excuse me, um, that you just gave to corporations and just put it into a stimulus package yeah. for the people. Put it in people's hands I because okay. they're the ones that need it. I agree in the sense that more money should be going towards the people, but I also agree that there needs to be bailouts for certain businesses. And there is... Yeah, I mean, small businesses, absolutely. Yeah, businesses under 500 employees, um, for sure. And some of these large businesses that are getting hit hard in the manufacturing sector or farmers, like large-scale farming operations... Yeah, I guess uh, I don't necessarily have an issue with like. There needs um, to be regulation on it, right? I have no problem. It should have just been a shotgun blast. It should have been a very focused um, and, and well done thing, and it just wasn't. Like it's yeah. just Well, it was it was slap shot. It was the world's crumbling around us. We need to put out something to show the world and the stock market because I mean that's why it, the stock market it was, was a headline. Crashing. Yeah, like that that stimulus uh, package was just a headline. Yeah, it, and I mean I. So I guess like we're kind of on the same page in the sense of like we both truly hope that this was like we said uh, the bandaid on the water dam or on the waterfall mm-hmm. and they've got the concrete coming back. Yes. Like I, I I hope the concrete is on the way. Honestly, the stimulus package is less bandaided, more Congress putting its finger in the hole and hoping that nothing worse happens. Yeah. Basically. Um, so we'll see. Hopefully this week. Um, I think if Biden was the lead, a not Biden, I mean, if Biden was the lead something, then that would give him a definite boost, but I don't see him having the, the chutzpah to do it. Yeah. I think he's about to, too, and let Trump ruin himself. Um, if Sanders was smart and he was really looking to push and force the issue, he would put together a coalition of, People and I think he would find a lot of traction on in the Republican side of things about getting out another stimulus package and putting in something more for workers' rights and and just overall building something yeah. that could be you know whether it's you know an expanding you know universal health or Medicaid you know reform Medicare reform or just healthcare reform in general I think there's a lot that he can do to really put himself back on track to getting the nomination. I agree. And I, there's, it, it, it was something that did jump in my mind while I was listening to this or, uh, over the course of me dealing with the fact that he's not, he's no longer running. Um, it, I have to wonder if, is this like the play 
where it's is he suspending his campaign? He made a point to say, I am going to continue to collect delegates. Is he going to come out on Monday and just absolutely crush it on the floor, get something together within the week, and then be able to say, like, hey, look what I did? Yeah. No, I mean, like, that was McCain's plan during the 2008 crisis, is he suspended yeah. his cane to go back on the Congress floor and to work on getting a stimulus package done to help out the American workers. And, I mean, just to point it out, Sanders was on the floor during his campaign. Yes. During his campaign, before he uh, suspended it, he was he was still on the floor making legislation. He was part of this stimulus bill. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm not saying he, he didn't do anything to help it out. Um, no, it's not, but, that's not what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But I think I would be surprised if Bernie didn't come out with something saying there needed to be more stimulus in, in the coming weeks. Uh, yeah. And this is something that I wanted to talk about, backtracking for a second, in the 2024 Democratic race. Chris Cuomo, or no, Andrew Cuomo, Andrew. the governor of New York, uh, has been making a very good showing in his handling of New York City's plague outbreak, um, his daily press conferences, and as you write here, his just continuous good messaging of, hey, we're going to get through this. Be sensible, be smart, act like an adult, listen to the health authorities, you know, follow what we're telling you and we'll all move through this okay and we'll recover stronger and we'll be better in the long term. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I probably should do more homework on his actual policy because I don't know much about it. Everything I've heard about the guy is actually a lot of the problems I have with Biden, to be frank with you. But um, I, I'm it, this might be the type of situation that he's – he show, I'll say it this way. Regardless of his policy, I'd rather have that guy in office than Trump because, I mean, if I mean, I'm talking if you just devoid divorce the policy of either one of them and talk about who the which man I want in in office, yeah, I want Cuomo. Yeah, because this guy, it was like I, it's like we said, like his messaging has been crystal clear. Mm-hmm. He is not playing games. He's not doing this as a spectacle. He is coming out. He is messaging everything that he needs to message, and he's going home. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I liked about his press conference. It wasn't unnecessary aggrandizement for him. It was, here's the facts, here's how we're handling it, press conference over, quarantine. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about before we take a quick break? Or I see you put something that are words that I don't understand. Yeah, I put the OPEC plus one um which deals with oil, but if you want to take a quick bake break, we can um, talk about let's that. Let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and push through this one real quick, and then we'll uh, we'll take a quick break and then just do the second half. You know what I mean? Yeah, works for me. Um, the OPEC Plus is the OPEC nations, which is the oil producing um, countries of the world plus Russia. I don't know if you know this, but there's been an oil price war going on, which is why you've been able to pay a dollar forty for gas recently. Um, I haven't bought gas in like, I don't know, two months. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if you go out to the pumps, you'll see that it's incredibly cheap. And that's because gas is a oil, crude oil is around $20 a barrel because Saudi Arabia and Russia got into a bit of a price war. Um, they just agreed to cut production by 10 million barrels, 10, 9.7 to 10 billion barrels a day. Um, so that should help not only their national producers but also shale oil which is one of the ways the u.s has been kind of 
um, weaning itself off international production, oil production. What's with that face? I shale bad. Well, it's it's cleaner than all the other oil, and until we find a sustainable green energy um, that can be transported, then it's really the best that we got right now. Sure, I mean, and it keeps us out of the Middle East and dealing with a lot of these other energy worries that some countries are going to be finding in the next couple of years. That's a fair point. It's just I. It's it's still baffling to me somehow that people are are always are saying like oh well the you know the sustainable energy source isn't there and I'm like man like Tesla literally made a car that runs on electricity yeah like but, what do you mean like it yeah but like in order to charge that you need a power plant and most of those power plants still run off coal like you could do nuclear nuclear but you know a lot of uh, cities and towns don't want a nuclear power plant near them when you have to have very specific conditions that really only put it in the midwest in the united states and out in the middle of the north sea in europe and then solar you need it in a desert and how can you transport that energy it's 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 a difficult question Um, it's an infrastructure but that's the thing though it's it's not really a difficult question it's an infrastructure question and a question of whether or not people are willing to back it like because if you put the money into it, the resources and the technology exist. Yes. They're out there. People use it now in other countries. It's just we don't, we don't put the resources to get it taken care of. If you look at someplace like Germany, which has a lot of solar and wind fields, they've spent billions of dollars on green energy. The problem is that someplace like um, Germany – doesn't have the necessary climate to make those energy sources work. That's why I'm saying you need. I mean, but you've said it before that you know the United States is vast. Yeah. Like I mean, we have a. We, it doesn't have to be a one. It's not a a one catch all. Like there, we we we're all about variety in the U.S. We're all about choice, right? Yes. So let them choose. Like if you want, if you want to go solar, go solar. If you want to go wind, go wind. If you want to go nuclear, go nuclear. It's all there. I agree. To that where you can use the certain aspects of, like, if you have the Midwest go particularly, like, cut 30% of their oil, coal usage for wind, that certainly helps in, like, if L.A. and places like that in Nevada want to go more solar to help cut, um, you know, oil use and natural gas, whatever it is, then, yes, you can do that, but... It's very hard to find a large-scale means of completely cutting out fossil fuels. That's that's really the point that I'm trying to make. There's no really good way to to cut the world or the United States off of fossil fuels without Not all at going once, back to. But I mean, we got time. <laughs> like, well, we got to do it fast, but we got time. And you know, and if we, maybe we bought I mean, some the more. Point- yeah, what I was saying, maybe we bought some more time with everybody staying home and not driving and everything. Uh, I don't think that that's going to make a significant impact. Uh, it's, I mean, all the bullshit that we're pulling. I mean, I hate cruise lines, but um. Hmm. Anyway, all right, we could ramble on about climate change and fix <coughs> it for for the next. I don't know, hour and a half if we wanted to. But I think it's about time for us to take a quick break. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Let's take a quick break, and we will be back. Yep. 
All right, everybody, we are back from our break. Uh, I think we're going to just move into this is the more fun part of the show. I think we're going to, I think we're going to, that's a, I think that's a good little, little way to do this. Let's start with the politics and move down. Yes. You know, I agree. And um, end the show on a high note, bring in the new week, new week well. You know what I mean? Yes. I completely agree, especially on this uh, Easter Sunday. Help y'all perk up a little so bit. Gloomy. It's, a, it's kind of a gloomy Easter Sunday, isn't it? At least in Atlanta. Yeah, it's very gloomy. Well, that's what I'm saying. Be be safe, everybody. If you're in the South right now, we're uh, going to be yeah. experiencing some very severe storms. Louisiana just got hit by hard by tornadoes, and Alabama is about to get them as well. Yeah. So, I mean, just to jump in here, man, I I don't want to spend too much time on this because I don't like dragging three. I don't like dragging celebrities when they are clearly going through some shit. Yeah. Um, but it, this one just struck me as so odd because. Josh Hamilton was like the number one pick of the draft, uh, a baseball draft. Um, I what was it like six years ago, and then went and played for the Rangers for like four years. It was incredible while he was there. Yeah, no, um, it was uh, it was earlier than that. He was the first pick in the. Uh, I want to say it was like the ninety nine draft or something. Yeah, it was oh, the wow. nineteen ninety nine draft. Wow, actually, okay. Either way, I mean, it was just he was a spectacular baseball player. And he's. Uh, it was reported that when he, when you know, when he stopped playing, he was definitely having issues with like drugs and alcohol and that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, he um, got. It, he was drafted first overall, but he really didn't start playing until like 2007 because mm-hmm. he was so hard in the alcohol and drugs, like hard drugs, like heroin and cocaine and yeah. meth. And, so I mean, well, I don't know just, about meth. I don't want to presume. Yeah, I mean the the headline here is that apparently he assaulted his daughter. Um, Physically, not sexually, just to clarify. Yes. Um, supposedly, he threw a full water bottle at her, pinned her in her room, and beat on her back. And I was also reading that apparently he threw a chair at her, which... What? Yeah, right. he like pulled but, like, a chair only... out from underneath her and threw the chair at her. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, um, and So, I don't want to drag Josh Hamilton. That's yes. not what I wanted to bring this up. I was like, it's just, it's so strange how you see so many of these guys that are just, um, like Josh Hamilton potentially could have been a generational talent. And like, we're looking at like his decline. It's just so weird to see. Like Ryan leaf had a similar, uh, in the NFL. He was the number one overall pick. He went to the chargers, I think. Um, and like he had a similar, uh, arc where he played. Okay. I think actually I think Leaf played poorly. Yeah, Leaf but, was terrible. Josh Hamilton at least won MVP in 2010. Yeah, but it's just my point being is like I you know you see these guys that just they slowly decline due to addiction, um, and it's just I don't understand how leagues aren't putting stuff in place to make that like how is there not a support system because yeah. we have enough cases now that you hear about this unfortunately pretty regularly where you know you see guys that are really good and they're getting paid a lot of money and they didn't come from much so they don't know how to handle it yeah how are there not like support systems within the league to and i'm not talking about just other players because there are other players in locker rooms that do try to like help like um i can't remember who it was specifically but when the raiders did their hard knocks thing um there was a player i want to say he was a tight end he went to like some big ivy league school and he knew all about money he literally gave lectures on how to handle money to players. Yeah. 
I've, he was just like, hey, like you're coming into a, an amount of money that you never thought you were going to see in your life. Yeah. Tomorrow. Yeah. So this is how you fix it, and that's great, and that's great that there are players in that. But why are there not NF like in the NFL or in the MLB and like all these places where these guys are getting paid, even though low level guys are getting paid? Yeah. Um, why is there not like a support system in place to help fix this shit? Yeah. Well, have you ever seen the uh, the ESPN Thirty for Thirty called Broke? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. It's really good. Excellent show. Recommend you all go watch it. Um, I don't know. As far as the Josh Hamilton situation, I mean, he hadn't been baseball for a couple of years. And not trying to justify this alleged physical assault, um, but we don't know the story around it. Maybe he got no. back in the drugs or – I don't I'm, – I don't, like I said, I don't want to talk bad about the guy. Um, no, I mean, it's... he turned himself in in October, so this is apparently a while. Um, apparently just got re- arraigned and – restraining order put on him but yeah uh it's just a shame that yeah that somebody who who went through so much is is back in the limelight for a a bad reason yeah but on a lighter note or maybe not as depressing but on a lighter note the xfl got suspended indefinitely Ah! <laughs> I'm so upset. I am like I am genuinely upset about this because I was a truther of the XFL. I thought it was going to be an amazing thing to watch, you know, to give players a chance, another avenue, so they wouldn't be exploited in college football. Um, because I mean that's what that's what college football is. Oh, yeah. Like, let's let's just be candidly here, right? College football is a feeder league into the NFL, which right was one of my favorite South Park episodes when. Cartman, dressed like Colonel Sanders, goes to the NCAA, and he's like, how do y'all maintain your well-being with your student athletes? And they're like, sorry, he goes, you know, you're student athletes. You're not paying them, and yet they still work for you. How do you get this done? It's so funny, because like... <laughs> I've never seen that. Oh, look it up. It's so funny. I have he's to basically go calling That's the players cool. slaves, and he's just like... Oh, I mean, yeah. yeah. It's just... Oh, it's classic. But I mean, there's now the ruling in California where team universities can uh, pay there. It's it's nationwide now. Oh, is it nationwide um, now? So yeah, so that it's not universities that are paying. Um, California passed a state law that the NCAA just got in front of and was just like, we're just going to make that the new rule. Yeah. And the rule is that uh, local businesses can now pay players for their likenesses. Ah. Uh. It's like so you can they can now be on a sponsored commercial. Yeah. Um, for like so if like I don't know Joe's Chicken Shack, um, that is right down uh, the road on campus, you know he could pay Tuatoga Bailoa, um, x amount of dollars to do a to do just like a quick posed picture and then like a, a little local commercial. Yeah. And he and Tua can be paid for that now. Yeah. Um, well, Tua, Tua can be paid for whatever he wants now, but yeah. Point still standing. Um, so it it was a good. I in my opinion, it was a good ruling. It's not far enough, but that's IMO. Yeah. Um, but so though I, I'm upset about the XFL to go back to what we were talking about because I legitimately thought it was going to be a great way for players to not be uh, exploited anymore. Agreed. They were going to have more options. Uh, maybe. And to be clear, I, don't, I didn't think like superstars were going to be going out to the XFL like Tua and you know uh, what? Who am I? Why am I spacing? Justin Herbert. Yeah. 
Um, like all of these block Chase Young, all these block blockbuster names that we're we're thinking of. These aren't the guys that were going to the XFL. No, it's okay? the sixth, seventh rounders that never really got any time, just needed more development. Well, I mean, it's guys like Kenny Robinson, who is, and also like so transfer candidates too. So Kenny Robinson is my favorite example of the XFL um, and how it was going to be uh, beneficial to players because. Kenny Robinson went to West Virginia. Mm -hmm. He was one of the best corners in uh, the NCAA uh, for his first two years. Problem is that he was involved with an academic scandal um, that then got him placed on the transfer portal. And so what would have ended up happening is that he would have transferred to another school, had to wait a year, and then he would have been eligible to play again. Uh, And then he would go into the draft. So that would be three years until he could get paid. His mom got cancer. Um, when he went to the transfer portal. Yeah. So instead of going to the transfer portal, he went to the XFL to get paid to play, and the XFL still paid for his college. So, I mean, like, it's, that's, that is like the layup, just, all right, you know, or uh, Te- uh, Jordan Te'amu is another example. Yeah. He went to um, some army school. I, I really don't know the name of it. And he transferred to... It was probably think, Citadel. No, it was like, a, it was like, School of Deaf and Blind Army. Like, it, it was, like, out in the middle of bumfuck. Oh, okay. Um, it was, like, a small school is my point. Yeah. Um, but, so, he transferred to, I want to say it was Purdue. I could be wrong about that. And um, technically lost a year of eligibility because of how the transfer situation was back then. Yeah. Uh, and never got drafted because he never got a chance to play. Yeah, uh, he never got a chance to play like on a on a bigger stage to showcase his talents. He went to the XFL, and now he has, he's one of the uh, quarterbacks along with PJ Walker that signed a contract. Yeah, so PJ Walker is with uh, Carolina now, and Jordan Tayamu is with Kansas City. If they're, I don't know if they're going to make the fifty man roster. I really don't. But it's oh, and that's the other thing about Kenny Robinson. He's actually draft eligible because he's so young. Yeah. So he's going to be in this year's draft. Yeah. I don't know if anybody's going to take him. But. Yeah, well, and, I mean, he had pretty good numbers from uh, from what I remember. He has, he had, uh, he was the best lockdown in the XFL. Yeah. He was the most lockdown cornerback uh, in the XFL. Um, if the Falcons want to take him, I'll be happy. <laughs> bro, snatch that uh, dude on the sixth round. I'll, yeah. I'll buy his jersey. But, Those new jerseys are dope. <laughs> yeah. I, I personally think you'll see the XFL come back. It, it showed that it had some traction, especially in the time when students and student athletes were looking for another avenue into sports. Like it's, the basketball is looking in to make the G league more popular for, you know, high schoolers and college athletes to go into and then go into the NBA. Uh, yeah. I mean, baseball already has the minor leagues. I don't know what NHL has. I imagine they have some minor league system. I'm sure there's some kind of feeder league or, or like B league. Yeah. Thing. But I'd be shocked if the NCAA continues to be like it is now. In oh, no, we're definitely going to see change there. But what I will say about the XFL, and we can we can move back into the NCAA, but what I will say about the XFL is it's entirely based on Vince McMahon. Yeah. McMahon, McMahon, that's how you say it. <laughs> Vince McMahon, yeah. Uh, it, because he's the backer, uh, and he's got deep pockets. Yeah. And we all know this. Uh, and it's entirely dependent on whether or not he thinks the money is there. Uh, if he thinks that there was enough traction and that he really could make a comeback in 2021... Uh, which as of right, the, this sparks because as of right now they have no plans for a twenty twenty one season, um, but you know it's all dependent upon 
whether or not he thinks that there was enough money and they can continue to make this happen. Um, but, you know, we can just jump off of that. Yeah, well, hopefully, you know, he'll be able to find some investors. I think a company like Fox Sports, like doing FS1, I think they would be foolish not to give them a huge contract, uh, you know, TV rights. I think they showed that on Saturdays during, you know, early spring, there was definitely a desire to watch. There was an interest. I mean, there was, yeah, the numbers were there if, you know, if for nothing else, it was out of the intrigue, right? Yeah. But um, I think the other thing that I want, that I'm going to miss about it is the rule changes. I liked, I didn't, I was kind of on the fence about the extra point stuff. That one felt the most gimmicky to me. Um, what was it like which, one, two, three points? Right? Uh, yeah, if you're on the one yard line, you got one point. If you're on the five yard line, or so there were no, there's no point after kicks. You can't yeah. kick a field goal for one point, like you can in in, in the NFL. Um, you would, you could run a play from the one yard line for one point, from the two or from the five yard line for two points, and then for uh, the ten yard line for three points. Yeah, um, which is, I mean, it's an interesting, it's an interesting change. I didn't love it and it's probably because the coaches were always taking the one point option and they weren't getting it yeah so i was just kind of like yo man this burt kreischer said this on the pat mcafee show and he nailed it he was just like yo dude you're my side chick like you don't i don't give a fuck if you win yeah make it interesting yeah go for like, three it's points make every this, time yeah like i don't want to see this one point bullshit go go for three Take a 50-yard uh, bomb on fourth down. Yeah. Like, it's uh, – make this interesting for me to watch. Like, it's – and if I have a great time – if I – so I was a Renegades fan. I chose them before anything got finalized. I was like, logo. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. As soon as, like, he found out that there was a Dallas Renegades, he was, yo, we're going to a Dallas Renegades game. And I was like, all right, man. I guess, I guess that's in the books. I guess that's happening. Yeah, uh, I, I bought a sweatshirt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was really starting to hop on the bandwagon of the Battlehawks. I really like the name, the Battlehawks. Dude, the Battle, the, uh, the Battlehawks is cool. They they probably have the best logo yeah. now that it, like I've seen it in action. It's like that they got a sword that has like wings that come yeah. out of it. I was like, oh, that's rad. Yeah, that like, looks like something like the Star Wars, like the Old Republic type. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so I mean, it's you know I'm gonna miss it if it doesn't come back. I, I like, and that's a genuine. It's not just. You know me being a XFL stand. It's like it's genuinely like it was fun to watch. It was different. It was interesting. And one thing that I think is going to be interesting is to see whether or not the kickoff format gets put into the NFL because it just made too much sense to not happen, right? Yeah. No, it does. Um, yeah, it just makes too much sense for the XFL not to continue. And I'm hoping it's just like a coronavirus thing and it'll be back, and then there'll be some investors. The problem is, is that. So. They need to come to an agreement with the NFL of saying, hey, we're not trying to supplant you. We're just a number two. Well, I mean, that's the – but that's the whole reason it's being done after the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, they, they're not, they weren't dumb enough to put it on, you know, at the same time too, as yeah. the NFL. Like, because nobody's going to watch that. Yeah. I wouldn't have watched it. Yeah. Uh, I'd have watched the NFL because, you know, fantasy. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it, yeah, I mean, it's – I really, really hope that there was enough, uh, a, you know, attraction, and there were the numbers were there because we don't know what happened behind the scenes. We yeah. don't know if that thing was actually tanking the whole time. Um, but I really, 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 truly hope that it gets the backing that it needs, just because it was so much fun to watch. Agreed. And but, either um, way, so oh, sorry, I was just gonna say no, to go finish ahead. up. 
either way, I think some of the rule changes, i.e. kickoff, um, I mean, mainly kickoff. Uh, I think the kickoff is the one thing that, yeah. like, when you look at it and you're, like, you're watching it, I was like, oh, if, I kind of just feel like I'm watching a regular kickoff. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like, exactly. it was just, like, it didn't, it reduced the risk, which is probably what you were about to say. Like, it's, I mean. Yes. Like, I don't see why the NFL doesn't adopt it. Yeah, agreed. Um, let's move on. What is this FF7 remake that you have here? Let's skip that because I have football energy right now and I want to talk about something. And Near and dear to your heart. So, are you familiar with a video game franchise called Madden Football? I, I think I've heard about it yeah, once so or it's, twice. It's, it's, it's a relatively well-known franchise and if you don't know what it is, get out from under your rock. Um, so, here's the thing. Madden 20 is bullshit. Okay, it's bullshit because I play my brother and other and other friends. So I have a fantasy football league with a bunch of friends that I had in high school and a variety of other people. Um, And we play each other in Madden a lot. I play them and it's fine. I don't I don't win every time. I don't lose every time. I'm pretty average Madden player. I'm an okay. And when I play humans, it's all good. Everything feels copacetic. There's a little bit of Madden bullshit that goes on every once in a while. What we started an online franchise mode together, and I chose the Cardinals. Okay, I have the Cardinals. I have Kyler Murray. I have David Johnson, and it's the, it's their preseason roster. Anyway, this I get like six hundred, not six hundred, like three hundred passing yards with Kyler Murray, and like four interceptions with no passing touchdowns. Because when you get inside the red zone in this game, yeah. the AI turns into turns every linebacker and cornerback into goddamn Deion Jones and Ray fucking Lewis. Like, they are the most incredible human beings on the... Oh, it's so frustrating. Yeah, I've seen some videos where somebody will throw a pass and it'll hit off two or three, like, cornerbacks. And then somehow a wide receiver or another cornerback will catch it and they're running it back for a touchdown or something like that. So for me, the problem I'm facing is not even that. Like I'll throw a 50, 50 ball to Larry Fitzgerald against some bum ass cornerback and Larry Fitzgerald. It like, well, he doesn't even turn around. Like he, like he will have been looking for the ball and then I throw it and then Larry just keeps running and he does like kind of put his hand out a little bit, but then this corner just fucking flies hmm. and like, will jump, well, he will fucking posterize Larry Fitzgerald. Like, get off. Me, son. Like, no, that doesn't happen. Some rookie in the league. ain't going to posterize Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. Get off. No. It, oh, it's so frustrating. Yeah. That's honestly one of the reasons why I haven't played Madden in the past couple years is just because a lot of that game control when you're playing against the computer, uh, it's just not very good. And just, a lot of the gameplay mechanics I, I've been disillusioned with um, with Madden. Yeah, I mean, this whole thing kind of started out of a camaraderie quarantine type of thing where I was just kind of like... Because, I mean, we literally started this whole thing like two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, where people were like, oh, I'm so bored, I'm so bored. And I was just like, hey, do you, like, who does everybody have Madden? Because if everybody has Madden... We should just do a franchise. It'll give us something to do. Like yeah. it'll like kind of keep us like on pace with each other and like talking to each other. Um, which I mean, it's been, I think everybody's been pretty much enjoying it except for the, you know because I'm not the only one that's been saying that uh, there's some bullshit. Actually, my friend Noah um, sent me a video. I will have to send it to you later. It's <laughs> it's it's definitely one of those bullshit moments that you were talking about where I think it's uh, I don't remember who Noah controls, but he's playing against the 49ers. 
and Richard and he throws a pass and Richard Sherman deflects the pass and it was like the deflection of the pass is fine. Like you can tell like oh, I was just you know you made a bad throw. Yeah. Um what the bullshit comes in is that he deflects the pass and then it hits Sherman in the foot. It bounces up and then Sherman turns around and grabs the ball mm. and runs it back. And I was just like that's some of the most like if that happened in real life, it would be the most spectacular play of all time. Yeah. Like, but it was just it, you. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah, no, and it's it's shocking to me because they do such a good job with the games like FIFA. That. Yeah. It just blows my mind, and maybe it's because there's more. Player-player uh, interaction in a game like Madden than FIFA, where you know you are going up and you are tipping a ball. And once that ball goes in the air, then it's up to the computer algorithm to come up with something about where the ball yeah, lands. And I, I think that's the problem with Madden that I don't – I'm not a game developer. I have no idea how you fix it. But um, and the problem with Madden is that, like, it's all basically, like, a statistics-based, like, dice roll. And somehow, some way, the statistics are just heavily favored – on certain players in certain ways. It's just, it's weird, man. Like, or maybe I'm just trash. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it could be. could be you're just trash. Like, but no, I've been seeing for, when Madden first came out, a lot of like the computer simulations were where somebody would break like six tackles. Right. And then, uh, you know, and then they would run it back for a touchdown or just ridiculous things that happen. Uh, yeah, and they've added some weird stuff in it, too, where it's like they have this the superstar. So you've always had the superstars, right? Where if, you're, if your player is like a... Um, Mike Vick type. No, because they have a new tier for that now. Do they? It would be like a... Uh, Matt Ryan. Yeah. No, yeah, Matt Ryan. He's a, it'd be like a Matt Ryan type where he's a superstar, um, but then they have a new tier, which is X-Factor. That would be like Julio Jones. Yeah. So it would be like, and so so these X factor things, like if you do a certain, based on whatever their ability is, if you do a certain thing in the game, let me give you a better example. Um, Christian McCaffrey is in this game, and he is very good. (laughs) He is an X factor player. If you didn't know, Christian McCaffrey good at football. Essentially, Um, I don't know if you know this. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so he, I think his X factor is something like break a tackle. Um, so if you break three tackles in a game, he activates his X factor ability, Yeah. which is every time he, the first time he is hit, he will always shed that tackle. That's insane. Yeah. And so it's like, and then, so like linebackers have that stuff too, where it's like, if they break up three passes, every time you throw it towards them, they pick the ball. Yeah. And it's just like. You're kind of looking at it going like, all right, well, like, fucking, like, they were already good. Like, yeah. they were already, like, kicking my ass. Like, how am I supposed to do this? Yeah. It just, I don't know. It's, I'm, I, I'm still enjoying playing, like, I, ha- I have the most fun with Madden when I'm playing a human. Yes. Like, if I'm playing against my brother or my friends or, like, if you, like, back when we were in college, like, when you and I played together, like, that was always the most fun. Playing against the AI is just kind of like, okay, like, what are we doing here, man? Yeah. I agree. Uh, but that's how it is for me for sports games. You know, I rarely ever play FIFA like a season mode, just because at some point you become too good for like even when you 
make the skill level all the way up to the top, there's only so much that the computer can do. Um, yeah. So I've always enjoyed playing against other people. Um, but yeah, let's let's get into this FF7 remake. So FF7 stands for Final Fantasy VII. Um, they re- people that know about Final Fantasy VII know about this because people that know about Final Fantasy VII are extremely passionate about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, so I just... Have you ever played Final Fantasy VII? I have not. No, I've never played the original. Um, I've seen. So, the only way I really ever knew about Final Fantasy was when they would make like those cheesy, uh, like animated movies and stuff for Final Fantasy. Yeah. So, I know about Final. <laughs> I'm about to make a lot of people mad or feel very old. I know about Final Fantasy because I played Kingdom Hearts when I was a kid. Oh, classic um, game. One of the right, it's, yeah, I mean, I love Kingdom Hearts. One and two, three is trash. Um, but it's like, I don't know anything about Final Fantasy VII. I, I think, so there's apparently a huge twist in the story. And I told my friend that he grew up playing it. It's like, it, this dude, like, I criticized one thing about this remake. And he was like, no, you're wrong. Mm. And I was like, all right, man, he's up. Like, I just didn't like it. Like, I've never played, I've never played the original Final Fantasy VII. I think... There's apparently a twist. I thought I knew what the twist was, but he's like, no, you don't know what the twist is. You know what the most popular twist is. And I was like... Okay, man. <laughs> I was just kind of like, well, what does that mean? Yeah. Because like, I, I was kind of on the fence about buying this thing because I don't know anything about Final Fantasy VII. I didn't know if it was going to be like just a fan service thing. Yeah. Um, and... That comment just made me go like, all right, you know what? Fuck it. Like, if he's wrong and I actually do know the whole thing, then, you know, so be it. Um, what have you, but the, uh, sorry, lost my train of thought, but so Final Fantasy seven twist. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know the twist. I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to spoil what I know in case that is the big twist. Um, but so the thing is this game's good. Yeah. I played like two and a half hours of it. And like, first of all, let me just tell you, it looks incredible. Like, it looks so good. And the soundtrack is spot on. That's Every nice. time. I, I really like, like I, when a game has an excellent soundtrack. Like, when you get into the battles, like, it really does, like, get this, like... It makes... So, I should explain. Like, the, the combat in this game is interesting because Final Fantasy VII Original was a... Um, I guess, like, a turn-based uh, RPG. Yeah. Um, for, for a battle... And so you would like choose attack, use potion, uh, use your limit break, which is like a super move, or use a special ability or like whatever. That you have like AP, MP. If people are familiar with those systems, they'll know what I'm talking about. This is that, but also live action and not turn based. Yeah. And it sounds goofy to say it that way, but they really kind of blend it really well. So like what you're doing is you. You'll primarily play as Cloud, who, as far as I can tell, is the antagonist of the game. Or, I'm sorry, not the antagonist. The protagonist uh, of the game. Yeah, he's the only character from Final Fantasy that I know. He's like the guy with the white hair, right? uh, He's got a big sword. Yes. Which, tell me he's not compensating for something. Yeah, sure. I don't don't know, man. It's it's a cool-ass sword. It's an anime sword. This game is is anime as fuck, by the way. (laughs) Like, it is... This is the most anime-ass anime game I've played in a long time. But it doesn't look it. It doesn't look like that. 
it looks like you know pretty and like realistic. Um, <laughs> which I mean, speaking of which, and nothing about, about anime, this game is realistic. Yeah, we can hop into My Hero Academia. Um, oh, I'm not caught up. I don't think. Uh, but we'll we'll get there. Yeah. Um, but so like. It, it blends, like, this turn-based combat really well with this live-action stuff. Because, basically, like, what you're doing is... If you're playing as Cloud, just to use him as an example, because that's who I've played as the most. Mm-hmm. If you hit... It's only on PS4, by the way. I should just mention that. If you hit Square, you will do, like, a basic, just regular attack. And if you just keep mashing on Square, he'll mash through a combo. And you can build up what they call... I think it's BT. And you have two sections of BT bars. And if you fill up those bars, you can then use a special move or, well, it's not actually just a special move. You can either use a special move or you can use an item or you can cast a spell. Yeah. Um, and it, it creates this like rhythm that you're like constantly just mashing and grinding through these enemies. And then like as soon as you see that bar fill up, you hit X, you pull up the command menu, you do your super move, and then that all serves to stagger enemies who have a stagger bar yeah and if you stagger an enemy it does exactly what it sounds like and they can't move and they're disabled but they also take extra damage that's nice so it's like a it it creates this like rhythm where you're like constantly wanting to make sure that you have your special abilities for when you stagger them but also using your special abilities um to get them into that stagger point yeah and so, like, I should also say that you ha- you do have a party in this game. I've only played, like, two and a half hours, so I don't know everybody you get. I have, right now, I have Cloud, who's, like I said, the main character. Um, Tifa, who's, like, a ninja, I think. No, that's not. She's not a ninja. She is, like, a, like a boxer, basically. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm going to get a guy named Barrett back because he has a, he's a, he's a minigun for his arm. What? It's kind of rad. Yeah, it's rad. It's super rad. And, like, if you want to know who Barrett is, he's Mr. T, but with a minigun <laughs> in his arm. Like, no, I'm so, like, dead at, like... I would watch this that is movie. The... Oh, yeah, actually. <laughs> Somebody make that. Yeah. Um, it's just, like, th- this guy's character is Mr. T, but he's an eco-terrorist. <laughs> Sounds like something out of Archer. Dude, it is... It, he's the most comically just, like... I'm surprised they didn't have Mr. T... Like just voice this character <laughs> because you like you were super doing that. Yeah. Like you were you were not hiding that you were doing that. Yeah. Um. It's just I don't know. But so I guess say all this to say like most people that are into video games know what Final Fantasy VII is because it's like one of those games that kind of just transcended. Like it's one of those games that pushed gaming into the mainstream yeah it helped make that push and be like instead of i'll be oh you fucking nerd it, it kind of made it be like oh that's like that's like actually kind of like art yeah like that's a really good story that's like a really good soundtrack that type of thing Help leading to things like the last of us yeah it's yeah the last of us is probably the most recent um off the top of my head at least i could probably come up with a better example because that game was pretentious as fuck but mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and halo i guess anyway or like I think Halo Halo's probably the one that got like the jocks in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it was like it was really easy to sell, oh, you're a super soldier that can do everything that nobody else can do and also guns. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's just an easy like, oh, bro, that's me. Like bro, when I was in the 3rd grade when that came out, I was like, yes, binge watching or playing that all the way through. 
with one of your best friends sitting down in the dark and just like playing to like one, two in the morning. So fun fact, I had never heard of Halo until Halo 3 came out. Really? I didn't know what it was. Yeah, I had never, I, I had no idea what it was because I was a PlayStation guy. Yeah. Well, so I guess I should, I should back that up. I lived in a town called LaGrange, Georgia for a bit, uh, which is where I was like raised until I went to like kindergarten. And so, LaGrange, the best way to describe it is it's 10 years behind everybody else. <laughs> Easily. Um, just, just to be totally honest with you. And so, we had a Nintendo 64 when the PlayStation 2 was out. Okay. So, I grew up on Smash Brothers, GoldenEye, Turok. Um, you know, uh, there was a Kirby game I really liked. And Star Fox, that type of stuff. And so then, when we moved up to coming... Which is, that's a real city, by the way. Yeah. I'm not, it's, I'm not a, that's not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Metro Atlanta, how about that? Yeah. Um, when we moved to Metro Atlanta, um, we, we kept that Nintendo 64 for a while, actually. And then we ended up uh, buying a PlayStation 2 after some time. Um, when we got the PlayStation 2, I grew up on Jack and Daxter, Ratchet and Clank, all that type of stuff. Like, the games of those ilk. And then... The 360, or like the, I had never even heard of an Xbox because reasons, but like I, I didn't even know like there were other gaming consoles because I was, I was so young at the time. And yeah, so like I never heard of Halo and then my friends were like, oh, you need to play Halo 3. And I'm like, what the fuck is Halo? Yeah. <laughs> and so I basically convinced my parents to get me an Xbox 360 so that I could play Call of Duty World at War, which I convinced them was an educational game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you didn't know the Nazis had zombies that they used to, you know, murder everybody? That's totally what the Nazi concentration camps were. Yeah, it's... <laughs> yeah, so I convinced them that World at War was a, was a historical game, which I don't think they bought it, but they bought the game anyway. Um, and Halo 3. Um, but yeah, was, that was I just thought it was a funny little... Yeah. Like, everybody's always like, oh, because, you know, sitting down with your best, like you were saying, sitting down with your best friend and playing some Halo, and I'm like, I never had that. I only ever played single-player games when I was growing up. Yeah, that sucks. Well, I mean, the first Halo was a single-player game. You had to play it split-screen. Uh, right. Yeah. Which... I guess 2 is where Live really kind of had started up, right? Yeah, well, Halo 2 was... They invented Xbox Live specifically for Halo 2. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then it just, like, it blew up. And Halo 2 was the OG thing on, on Xbox Live. Um, I just yeah. looked up the Last of Us TV series, and it starts in 2021. And apparently they're looking at Mark Wahlberg, Tom Holland, and Antonio Banderas to be in this, uh, the series. Which series was this? I'm sorry, I missed it. The Last of Us. Huh. On HBO. So you know it's not going to pull any punches. I mean, it can't. That story is too gritty for the... If you if you take... The whole reason people like that game and the whole reason people revere that story is because it is one of those games that, like we were talking about, it helped pull people into the mainstream. But it's not in the sense... That story is not unique. It's not a very... It's, when you look at uh, The Last of Us story, it is a story that is incredible for a video game yeah that story told in any other medium it's kind of a mediocre story mm -hmm. overall because it's i mean it's about a, just you know, spoilers for the last of us i guess this game's old as shit um you know it's about you know joel who loses his daughter 
uh, in this in the middle of essentially what is a zombie outbreak, um, and then you know you get a huge time skip, and you get this. He meets this girl Ellie, who then he kind of father figures because she's apparently like the cure to the human race, yeah. and they have to make this trek across America, which has essentially turned into I don't know I am legend yeah type of thing. Um, and so people revere that story because in the video game world because nobody had ever made a narrative that was so like I don't, it's hard to say the word cinematically because it's not a cinema it, it's like but like it's cinematic it has, a, it, it has a production value to it that had not been brought to video games maybe ever yeah it was a movie with a storyline you could play not a, the, a video yeah the game joke i always made is it's the best movie i've ever played yes it's and, and that's still probably true too well, i don't know i played god of war and the new god of war is really good um they're making another one of those really but, i haven't played god of yeah. war since the first one mostly because i have been an xbox guy since the playstation 2 yeah uh two god of war two and three were i mean they're all kind i don't want to say they're the same but it's it's all just kind of, hey, Kratos is mad, murder it all. Yeah. Like, it's, the story is kind of inconsequential. It's just, you know, here's your new power-ups. By the end of three, dude, by the end of three, Kratos is just molly-whopping people left and right. Like, it's... Yeah, it's not surprising. He's taking down, like, the entire pantheon of Greek gods. Like, what's next? Yeah. Like, just start... So, uh, well, so God of War, the reboot for, uh, I think it was 2018 or 2019? No, was, I think it was 2018. Not important. Um, but the reboot is actually a continuation of that storyline, but they're moving over into Norse mythology. Oh. But it's the same Kratos, but he's like older and wiser, and uh, he's got a beard now, obviously. Yeah, doesn't he have a son? Uh, <laughs> he has a son that he had with a woman that, well, I don't want to spoil. That That game's recent enough that I don't, I don't really want to give too much away. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and... Uh, the point said all that to say, if you do end up in a situation where you can get a PlayStation, God of War, the remaster collection is pretty solid. It's a good, nice, nice little walk down memory lane for God of War. And then the new God of War is really, really good. It's one of the more fun, fun games I've played. Yeah. I wish uh, there'd be more cross platform. I really hope with the way Call of Duty is doing things, more games will go to that cross platform multiplayer type yeah system. I, I have hope that all of our multiplayer games will end up that way um because of how easy call of duty has made it look yeah very like easy. i mean we you and i were playing last night on so i mean i'm on a pc you are on an xbox and we had a guy in our party that was also on a playstation yeah like i mean it was and we could hear each other fine. Yeah. Like, it was, we, the only time you can't hear anybody is if the, you're loading into the map. Yeah. Which, I mean, is reasonable. Yeah. And it's like, it's, but it, like, I mean, just saying all that to say that, like, Call of Duty has made everyone, has made it known, like, hey, this is actually kind of a layup. Like, yeah. you can do this. Um, so I think our multiplayer games, we're definitely going to start seeing that happen. The God of War, like, the exclusives that Sony has, it's hard for me to think that. Sony is going to be willing to give up those exclusives because if you ask me right now, which game console should I buy? My first question is going to be, do your friends play on Xbox or PlayStation? Yeah. And if the answer is they play on Xbox, 
but I don't play multiplayer games, I'm going to tell you to buy a PlayStation. Yeah. They do have like, the better exclusives. The single player. It's, I mean, the Spider-Mans, the Gods of War. So, I mean, yeah, like that's their bread and butter. That's, oh, that Spider-Man game is so good. Yeah. I love that fucking game. Um, but it's, it's a, that's their bread and butter. So I have a hard time believing that they're going to start releasing that stuff. But there is an argument to be made that it will start happening because they've already announced that one of their exclusives, Death Stranding, is coming to PC. Um, and then I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that Horizon Zero Dawn is also coming to PC. Really? So there might be an argument to be made that, like, you should really just buy a PC. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's I that's my preferred platform because there are just so many benefits to it. Yeah. Um, and as somebody but, who plays a lot of computer games, um, like the Mountain Blade that I was talking about on the last podcast, um, I've been playing it off my laptop. And unfortunately, I just don't kind of have the room um, in my current situation. But if I had a you know desktop where I actually had a desk where I could do and play and, and get all of it going, then it's an incredibly fun game. Um, like I was saying, the action, the way you fight is... You know, you want to block, you click, like, left, uh, you left-click and then move your your mouse to the left, and you block to the left. You want to stab, you, mm. like, click the right, um, click, and then you move it to, like, you stab it forward or move it down. However, it's it's really fun, and it's really interactive. Um, if I had more space, I'd definitely be playing it more. Um, but, yeah, I've yeah. just been playing a ton of the just Total War in general. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I've told some of my friends this a lot that, you know, everybody always talks about how, oh, PCs are so expensive and, you know, a high-end PC costs da 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 I'm like, yeah, but you don't need a high-end PC. Yeah. I have one because I'm an enthusiast. Yeah. This is my hobby. Like, this is, I enjoy upgrading my PC because it, like, it's just what I like to do. Yeah. Um, I bought a refurbished 90, one for $300 and it's Yeah, I mean, 90% of people would not know the difference because... PCs you can play with a controller. People, a lot of people seem not to know that. I don't know why, but you can play with a controller on a PC, and like ninety percent of people would have no idea that there was a difference between your six hundred dollar Xbox and a five hundred dollar gaming PC. Like it's you, you would not notice a difference if there was a controller in your hand. Yeah, because I mean, like you, they bring the same performance. It's you know everybody's always like, oh, but like for six hundred dollars, I can get the one that can do four K, and I'm like. Yeah, but you don't even have a 4K TV. Yeah. Like, I mean, you don't... You, like, you have a 1080p TV that you bought 12 years ago that, I mean, like, you... Like, yeah, you can run 4K, but you don't. Like, yeah. you're not willing to spend that extra $700 for the 4K TV. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't blame which you. Which, I saw but, a 55-inch 4K TV at Walmart for $300. Yeah, it's it's starting to... that That curve is starting to level out a little bit, too, yeah. where it's... Well, because, I mean, the the thing is now... Um, I'm waiting for Cyber you, Monday where I can get that bitch for $150. The, yeah. The peak now is apparently you want a 4K TV that is an OLED TV that also has Ultra HD. Yeah. Or real... No. HDR. Sorry. Like, that's apparently, like, the pinnacle of what it can look like. And, like, I'm sitting here, like... Man, I play on 1440p so that I can get the highest frame rate possible. I don't even have HDR, but my shit looks amazing. Yeah. Like it's I don't need I don't need all that shit. Yeah. Like I'm not I don't need to spend another $700 actually to get the monitor I'm thinking of. You'd probably it would probably cost you about 1200 bucks, but Jesus. 
Yeah, and that's just for the monitor. Yeah. Um, but like, I mean, most people don't need that stuff. It's just they just don't. But anyway. And I think with that, we can go ahead and uh, wrap up yeah. this week's podcast. I think you're right. All right. Uh, go follow us on social media. I'm at KCB3866 on Twitter, Kevin.Black11 on Instagram. Yep, and on Twitter, I am N-I-C-K underscore E-D-E-N-F-I-E-L-D. That is Nick underscore Edenfield. And I don't have Instagram because it's dumb. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's, uh, that's going to do it for us this week. And uh, I'm Nick. I'm Kevin. And this is the Quarantine Files, folks. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Goodbye. Peace.